Allegedly, Bold Guy is suing H3H3 because of a critical reaction video they made about his channel where they featured some of his content. While they claim that the use of his videos was minimal and well within the bounds of fair use, in an 11 minute video they say they only featured about 3 minutes total of his footage. His legal team is claiming that what they did constitutes theft of his content. So on the surface, it certainly seems like this is more of a move to keep critical content about him off the internet. According to their video, when Bold Guy first sent notice of the impending legal action, he demanded they remove the video, never talk about him again and also pay him around $4,000. Not wanting to establish a bad precedent where anyone could be told to pay up for making fun of somebody on the internet because then we'd all be poor, they decided to fight back. Next, he wanted them to create a promotional video about Bold Guy, apologize for using his content, and support him publicly for two months. Man, I'm gonna just like go find anyone who's ever mentioned my name in a video and be like, you need to make a video about me and support me. For two months. For two months. Um, so... I have this. This has given me just a brilliant business idea, Dean. Yes. All right. So the first thing we have to do is find a way to de anonymize anonymize four chan users. Okay. And we have to sue them for okay. being mean on the internet. You know what? I'm with you 100. percent Let's flesh out your new business idea after we play the intro. Let's start this fucking show. Welcome to Drinky Files. So the next time anybody talks shit about me, I think I might just sue them. I mean, that's where fucking everything is going. This, um, oh, fucking, what's his name? Uh, backing Hulk Hogan suing Gawker. Yeah, um, right. Oh, what's his name? I can't remember. I don't know. Tim Powers. Oh, okay. It's not it. I, I'm sure not. No. <laughs> No, uh, this, I have to say so we don't get sued. This video is from The No, and, um, which is a Rooster Teeth, uh, channel where they talk about news and stuff like that. One of the things they've been talking about a lot this week is fair use and stuff like mm -hmm. that, because there's been a lot of shit going on, especially, particularly with YouTube and fair use. Yep. Um... So on this story, they're talking about uh, involved guy suing H3H3 because they used his videos, uh, not his videos, they used about three minutes of his content in an 11-minute video talking about his channel and his content. So um, he sued them, and, you know, they released... A, all of this is from H3H3. Bald guy hasn't commented on it. So everything that they're saying is, you know, insert your allegedlies and your what have you yep. and stuff like that. Um, but the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because um, I had to do, when doing the show and stuff like that, I've done some reading on fair use, mm -hmm. a lot of reading on fair use, um, just to figure out what we can and can't be sued for. Yeah. Uh, and using content in a way that is... Uh, Commentary mm -hmm. using content using content for commentary on that content is fair use. Um, generally, yeah. Now, if you like release an entire two and a half hour movie and play it in a letterbox on your YouTube video while you sit there, that's not fair use. Yeah. And then even if you talk about the movie for another five hours after the movie's over, you've distributed that movie. Yeah. That's not fair use. Um, but using clippets and pieces, clippets, snippets, clips, pieces, and commenting on them and their creator is fair use. Um, another important fair use point, actually, the 30 second rule for music, mm -hmm. totally wrong. Yeah, not that, was, that was a misconception that I was That's under. a misconception everybody has. And I had to read quite a bit to, to see that that is bullshit. You know what? I 
I find absolutely hilarious because I watch a lot of AMVs and the really shitty AMV creators who don't know what they're doing mm -hmm. at the end of the video have this like this has been fair use or yeah. whatever all all rights belong to the original owners even though like they just played an entire song and just set it to like scenes from different anime and didn't do any transformative work on it or whatever it's yeah. like it's not fair use sticking up that at the end of your video is it going to stop you from getting a takedown yeah exactly and cutting together an AMV is a transformative work so the video is fine but if you like if you paste a song under it and you just play the song in full that's not you yeah. just distributed that song yeah that's not fair use <laughs> Like, doing the transformative, like, cutting together the AMV and stuff, mm -hmm. yeah, you're good as far as the video goes. Yeah. But and there are a lot music, of, there are a lot of really good AMVs where they do, they cut together scenes and stuff in a way so that, like, it looks like the characters from the anime are singing along with the song and stuff, and mm -hmm. video-wise, that's all fine. Yeah, but, excellent, yeah. Yeah, they're just... For the music, though, you have to go a little farther. And that's the thing with, uh, that's frankly why YouTube hoops were okay. Mm -hmm. was because it was a transformative work. So you could post a clip, you could use a clip of Mario and Luigi in your YouTube poop, and it was okay because it was transformative, it was part of a larger work, and it was, uh, generally, you would change the audio and things like that to make it your own. Um, all that's fair use. Mm -hmm. Um... So yeah, this is this is one of the things that I, that I think is really interesting, especially this week, there's a lot of stuff on Fox. Did you hear about what Fox did? No. Okay, so Fox aired an episode of um, of Family Guy, uh -huh. in which they play this old like SNES game. I can't remember what it was, but they play this old game, and the gameplay that they played on the show mm -hmm. was straight ripped from this dude's YouTube channel, and in his gameplay of it, where he uses a cheat to throw three-pointers from, like, the top right corner of the screen, like, it's an old hack on the game or whatever, and then the storyline, Peter uses that hack and pisses off whoever he's playing with. I haven't seen the episode. Uh -huh. Um, that, all, like, the gameplay that they used was ripped from this guy's channel, and then they issued a takedown on him. Oh, geez. Content ID, yeah, when they uploaded that episode... Content I to YouTube for Content ID to go through and take down. They took down the, the guy's original video that they ripped without crediting, without whatever, like without doing any of the things that you would have to do to use somebody else's content. Mm -hmm. They just ripped it off YouTube, put it on a nationally syndicated television show on network TV, yep. and then issued the takedown on the guy's original video. That's I'm sure they didn't intend to do that because a lot no, of that it's is Content ID. Content ID is totally automated. And, yeah, that's... I mean, it has to be automated because there's so much uploaded there's to YouTube. There's just too much content, yeah. But, like, that's one of the flaws of the system. It is. It's one of the things where it's going to get better eventually. As the, as these things get smarter, it'll get better. Yeah. But it's never going to be perfect. Um, luckily, the only time I've ever had to take down on me is uh, when I did something that legitimately was not fair use. It, it, it wasn't fair use at all. So, I've never had to battle a takedown on, on the issue of fair use, but who knows, I might have to in the future, especially if I keep making content. I will eventually. Um, but yeah, that's why I wanted to play this. It's not like our normal intro. It's not no. like funny or whatever in and of itself, but I think it's kind of funny that this dude's like, you made a critical video of me, so I'm going to sue you for using my content, even though what you used is, uh, at least on its face, like without digging any deeper, it's fair use. Yeah. And then he's like, give me money, support me, be nice to me. 
be nice to me or I'll sue you. That's what really sells it is just him being a petty little bitch. Is exactly. that he was like, you have to give me $4,000 and support me for the next two months. Exactly. That shit is fucking ridiculous. If he was just like, just pull the video down, um, you know, don't do it again. Maybe a little bit of money if he actually feels like he was wronged. No, the, the, just fucking... It's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's pretty much bullshit. Allegedly bullshit. Oh, it's allegedly <laughs> bullshit. Hey, Dean. Yes, sir. We drinks. We do. That's, uh... This is, uh, what's it called before we... This is called an Elder Fashioned. Yes, it is. Ah, uh, I don't like that at all. It's very weird. Actually, it may just have a little too much bitters in it. I think it probably does. Um, it said two dashes, and you did two huge dashes. Fairly large. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck this tastes like. It doesn't taste like anything familiar to mm -hmm. me. It's not bad. I don't like it. You don't like it at all? No. I'll probably try another one after uh, the next break with a little bit less bitters in it. Yeah. I don't hate it. I, it's, it's very strange. Look, what's so that? this is... Uh, club soda, um... Very Saint, little bit of club soda. Very little bit of club soda. Saint Germain. Saint Germain, uh, whiskey, and bitters. Yeah, bourbon. Uh, yeah, bourbon. Specifically, and, and bitters. And it is strange. Served in an old-fashioned glass over ice. I mean, it's just like a variation on an old-fashioned. Yeah. Um... Uh, it's like an old-fashioned, but no water and no sugar. Plus Saint Germain. Yeah. And club soda. Yeah. So, I mean, there's two ingredients between this and old-fashioned that are the exact same. Yeah, I guess it's not as similar as I thought. Mm. I would say it's kind of similar. Damn, that is weird. Yeah. That is weird. Saint Germain, what, what the fuck does that taste like? It's a little sweet. It is. It's a little sweet. It's a little... It, it tastes a little... It hangs on your tongue. In a weird way. And all over your tongue. Yeah. It's strange. I'm not convinced it's bad. I'm really not. I'm not convinced it's bad, but it is weird. Yeah, this is, uh, we needed a drink for tonight, so, and neither of us had any idea what to do. Nope. So I not. did a Google search for traditional cocktail, and that was the first thing that came up. Was it? Yep. Alright. Well, I, I, I think it's effective as, as such, um, but I'm not entirely sure, like, I'm not sure what I think of it. I'll have to try another one. Yeah. Um, so... This is uh, this this episode follows a lot of stuff that's going on in the world, specifically graduation time yes. in the U.S. Uh, we are graduating on a weird schedule. We are. I graduated in December. I'm going to be graduating in, in December. In the next December, yeah. So it's a weird schedule for us. But what have you been up to uh, recently? Um, Last couple of weeks, I suppose. I took my sister out to dinner. Okay. And that was completely uneventful. Um, I've been on two job interviews. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Uh, so one of them was for FedEx. Um, we've pretty well established on the show that neither of us really like people. Mm -hmm. And I need, I need like a simple part-time job just to get me through my last semester of college. Yeah. And so I was trying to find, like, effectively retail jobs, but without the customer service interaction. Mm -hmm. So I started looking at warehouse jobs. Yes. Um, so I went to apply for FedEx, and there's actually a, a FedEx distribution center fairly close to us. Um, 
But before you can apply, you have to go to an observation, which is basically just... Uh, seeing how they do things? Seeing how they do things. Like, it's a yeah. tour of the facility. I'm going to show you how everything works. Um, and then after that, you can apply. So um, they had they had computers there with, uh, you know, web browsers on them. Yeah. So, yeah, we just uh, filled out applications there. Um, and the group that I went with, there were only four of us. Um, so you know, they're not touring tons of people. Yeah. Uh, filled out an application, and then they just immediately interviewed us. Uh, and so the last step of that is they have to run background checks. Mm-hmm. So I gave them all the information they needed to run a background check. Um, <clears throat> and then I should hear back from them in five days from yeah. five from Tuesday. So uh, if you're counting business days, that's Monday. Yeah. Uh, and then today I went and interviewed with uh, Albertsons. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just for a bagging like card collecting position, just yeah. general Albertsons work. I feel you. Um, I worked nights at Walmart stocking, mm-hmm. and that was not a bad job. It didn't pay very well. But it wasn't a bad job in that I wasn't forced to interact with a lot of people mm-hmm. outside of coworkers, which can be a pain in itself. But, you know, everyone was fairly nice and, you know, stuff tended to go well. So I was not worried about it. Uh, not a bad job. Yeah. I would definitely recommend that if you just need a job, you just need work. I worked nights at a a racetrack, which is a a chain of gas stations out here. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was really the same thing. Like, I wasn't stalking. I technically was uh, a cashier, Mm -hmm. but it's nights. It's dead. And so basically, um, it's up to me to catch up on all the cleaning work that they kind of slack on throughout the day when they are busy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of customer interaction there. Uh, it was mostly just walking around the store, straightening stuff and cleaning yeah. a few things. And, um, and the pay wasn't terrible. It was, it wasn't great, but it was more than minimum wage. Yeah, I was making a dollar more than minimum. I was more. making nine an hour, so a dollar and a quarter more. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not too bad. Um, I'm still looking, dude. Like, I'm, I'm actually about to go into, uh, into Lubbock for about a week mm-hmm. and start applying everywhere I can there and stuff like that. Cause my, my uh, my lease is about to run out, and I can't. I'm not renewing mm-hmm. because I don't know where I'm gonna be like yeah. coming up and stuff like that. So I can't really renew in good faith. So I'm gonna end up going to Lubbock and trying to see what I can do there because here it's I've gotten nothing. It's been radio silence. Yeah, I've done like application blasts and things like that, and it's been nothing. I've been I've heard nothing back. Ouch, that's rough. And apparently this isn't rare either. I was looking, I was talking to some people on Reddit and stuff like that, and nah, nobody, everybody's getting the same thing. Like nobody, it's very of silence for everybody. There was one dude who said like he was looking for a job for two years Ouch. before he finally got picked up somewhere. Ouch, that's rough. Yeah. And it also sucks when you're applying for entry-level positions that require two years of experience. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? That's not entry-level, dude. Yeah, uh, a friend of mine ah! <laughs> was actually telling me, um, the stuff you do in school for projects counts as experience. It does, yeah. Uh, so if I went to go look for a job now, he says, you have three or four years of experience at this point just yeah. from school stuff so yeah um i've got a ton of experience with writing 
I do a lot of writing uh, and have done a lot of writing. Um, what I don't have is like a lot of the places I, I was applying for were places where it was like an ad copy position. Oh, yeah. And I don't have a lot of experience writing ad copy. Like I took advertising for a semester mm -hmm. and that was pretty much it as far as advertising goes. But I've been writing forever. But they wanted like two years of ad copywriting experience. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? If you can write anything well, you can write ad copy. It's not a big fucking deal. Like, it's it's a different style, sure, but it's mm -hmm. not hard to learn if you can write, period, you know? That's actually a huge problem in the, uh, the programmer computer software in industry. Mm -hmm. um, you go apply for these jobs... And, of course, it gets worse as you get into senior-level positions. Mm -hmm. um, places want, like, 10 years' experience in a specific framework that's only been around for 12 years. Yeah. Um, and stuff. And, you know, they've been using it the whole time, so their people have 10 years' experience. But, like, once you have the basics of programming down, it's trivial to pick up another language. Yeah. So uh, I've heard. Yeah. Uh, I think the last time I really sat down and tried to pick up a language, I did it in a week. Yeah. Um, you know. That makes sense. I just, I, I don't, ugh. The market's bad, too, dude. Yeah. Like, people think the market's actually healed up and stuff like that. It's not. If you look at shadow stats, dude, unemployment's at 23%. Like, it's not, the market hasn't healed up. It's just the numbers are different now because there's yep. more discouraged workers than there are people who are on unemployment. Yep. That's where the government gets their numbers is from the people who are on unemployment and not discouraged workers. Yep. So, unemployment's actually very, very high, and the market's not healed up as much as people think it is. Especially for our generation. There's, like, a weird thing uh, regarding our generation and I don't want to sound like a whiny millennial because I'm not generally I'm, I, I yeah. don't really complain about shit from a generational perspective but there's been some weird shit going on in financial markets and things like that that have made it really hard for millennials to get good work mm -hmm. and it's weird because um, there are there are a few companies who are desperately trying to hire millennials because statistically we're more productive yeah. than uh, Gen X yeah but th there's some there's like I, I, the, 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 the disparity that I've seen is is that there are fewer jobs available and unemployment is higher now than mm -hmm. it's been in a long time. Yep. Um, additionally, people want experienced workers and so just coming out of college it's like you're not likely to be very because frankly dude a degree is not anything anymore no it really isn't worth a whole lot anyone can get one it's not a big deal especially since the government like guarantees loans for everyone and their dog so you can go to college and get a degree anyone can do it mm -hmm. I mean whether or not you come out of it with a hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars of debt is dependent upon other financial realities but yep. anyone can go to a college, pay for classes, and live in a dorm and do things like that, um, just on loans alone. Yep. So it's not rare anymore to find a, a degree, and and it's it. So there's a lot more competition for a lot fewer jobs. Yeah. I see it. Yep. Um, which sucks. Yep. Because I'm pretty fucking good at what I do. Yeah. So and, am I. And <laughs> exactly. Like, I know you. I are. actually I have a standing job offer in Gainesville, Florida. If I really wanted to, and it's not a job I want, mind you, but yeah. it's a job I would take. It wouldn't be awful. Um, like, I have uh, another semester of school left. Yeah. I can't go spend two weeks in Florida to do their training program and then, you know, live out there and work, which is what they want. Mm -hmm. um, at least not until you graduated. At least not until I graduated. And yeah. they've told me they're, they'll keep it open for me, so at least I have that. That's um, pretty fucking cool, dude. 
I don't I don't have any such thing really for my field. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's it's rough, dude. But I don't know. It's it's like like I said, there's a lot of weird financial realities that exist now that didn't exist before. And yeah. frankly, it's, and again, I'm not a, I'm not a bitchy millennial. Yeah. No. And neither are you really. It, it's just there's shit's different now. It is. It's completely different. Yeah. So if your millennial child's having a hard time finding a job, don't be one of those assholes just like just get a job. No. It, it, I mean, you can just get a job, no problem. You can go down to Walmart and work a revolving door stocking job, no problem. Yep. I did it. I dude, I was hired in two weeks of applying. I was hired at Walmart stocking. So it's not so that that a job easy to come by, sure. But in a field, it's not the same. Yeah, and there really is nothing more just depressing and disheartening than working a shitty retail job like that. Yeah. It sucks. It is. It is depressing. And it's, there's, I don't know. I know I'm probably not going to end up with a job in my field. I'm going to just have to find something that's relatively close. That's pretty par for the course, though. Like, yeah. the majority of people don't have jobs in their field or... Um, I guess the better way to put that, because, you know, if you're working a job that is your field, uh, yeah. they don't have degrees for whatever for, job yeah, they're working the job in. They, work. they went to school for something else. But I got, here's the thing is, I, I made a mistake, and I'm, I'm not sure it was a mistake, but I, I'm happy I did it because I learned a lot. But mm-hmm. I got a degree in the shit that I like. So, <laughs> yeah. like, this, the shit that I want to do is what I'm degreed in. Yeah. Which you think would make it easier. Nope. One of the benefits (laughs) for me, and overall this is a shitty, terrible business practice, it provably doesn't help, it just so happens to work in my favor, Um, is for a lot of programming positions, you apply... And then you take just an automated programming test, mm-hmm. and I've always tested really well. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that was one of the things, uh, this company in Florida, um, I applied. No, I didn't even apply. I got an email to my school email. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, hey, take our programming test. So I never had to apply. Took the test at, like, 11.30 midnight and heard back at 2 in the morning, same day, like yeah. two hours later, um, because I test so well. That's excellent, dude. But, you know, you don't have that. And most people in my field, like a friend of the show, Steven, yes. he doesn't test well. He's done programming shit. He has all kinds of projects he's put out. Yeah. He's worked for companies doing this. And he has a heck of a time finding a job. He's never put out anything well. broken. He's built things really quickly. Like, even while he was working in another company, he put out, like... Uh, he put out three or four helper apps for Ingress. Ingress. Yeah. And then they, and he, the fast turnaround too, like he would, like you would hear him talking about it and then within a few weeks, Mm -hmm. thing was out. Yeah. And functional. Yeah. Completely functional. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's clearly good, but I don't know. It's, it's just rough, dude. It's just rough. (sighs) That's depressing. Well, I'm depressed now. I've got one more thing I've been up to that's a little bit lighter, Mood. Alright, let's do that. I'm a Pokemon Go field tester. Are you? Yes! Yeah, is it cool? It's pretty damn cool. Yes! I, uh, I've, I've been playing way too much of this other game, so the day I got the invite, I kind of went out, and it's so broken still. Um, oh, well, you're testing. Yeah, testing, so you expect that. So I went out for just like five minutes, couldn't figure out how to do anything, mm-hmm. um, and just went back inside and gave up for the day. Yeah. So I went out again today and played a little bit and caught my first Pokemon. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm getting the hang of it. Uh, one of the things, well, I can't really talk about it. 
Um, you can't? I can't. No. The the terms of service are pretty limiting as a field tester. Really? Yeah. Okay, so some things have already been revealed about the game. Yeah. So I just want to ask for a little bit like more to drill down on those things that have already been revealed. Okay. Okay. Um, Ingress-like, in that you go out and do shit. Yes. Okay. No way to sit on the couch and play it? I mean, spoof GPS, uh, but... Beyond cheating. Uh, no. No way to sit on the couch and play it beyond okay, cheating. Okay, cool. Um, so, you go out, and in Ingress, it's not... I saw some, some like, mock-up stuff for Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. where you, like, hold up the phone and, like, you can see on the ground in front of you where the Pokemon is. Mm-hmm. Okay? Accurate? Mm-hmm. Cool. That's freaking badass! That's what I wished Ingress kind of was. Like that you had a lens that you could see the portals and yeah. shit like that. Now, like, hopefully I'm allowed to say this because videos have been released that show everything I'm about to say. Okay, um, then that shouldn't be a problem. When you're just walking around and you're not battling a Pokemon, there is an overlay. Ingress style? Ingress style, yeah, it's prettier. It's just more a map. Pokemon themed. Like, uh, out at my apartment, it, ha- it draws on all the roads, you mm-hmm. know, like Ingress. Um, and then places where there aren't roads is terrain. Um, over by my apartment, it was all just grass, just fields of Pokemon grass. Pokemon-style terrain? Yep. That's uh, fucking cool! When I got to, uh, to your place, uh, there was, I was in a field, um, but there were, like, puddles of water around mm-hmm. and shit, so. But yeah, then, when you go into the, the mode to catch a Pokemon, uh, you have an option. You can turn it on or off, and I prefer it on. Uh, but yeah, you hold your camera up, and so it's showing you whatever's actually in the world in front of you, mm-hmm. and then it's got the Pokemon there. On the screen. On the screen. Okay, and to catch the Pokemon, is it just like a regular Pokemon-style battle like you would do on your DS? To catch it, no. Um, I don't know how much I can say. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't, don't, don't hurt yourself. You don't, to catch a Pokemon, you don't battle. Okay. Um, and this actually has also been leaked, so I don't feel too bad saying it. Okay. Uh, battles, because you don't start with a Pokemon. Yeah. Um, you just start with, like, 20 Pokeballs or whatever. Alright. Um, yeah, so to catch them, you don't battle, uh, but then after you catch Pokemon and build up your team, then there are, um, places throughout the world, and it looks like it's actually just everywhere there's an Ingress portal. Okay, so Where, they've used... Because Niantic built this game, right? Yeah. So they've used Ingress data to build the Pokemon game. Yeah. So it Makes perfect sense. So the nearest place to my apartment that I can go battle is the this fountain over at the hospital across the street. Um, when I got yeah. to your place and opened it up, there were just dozens of them in the cemetery right across the street. the cemetery right where all the, the portals street. are? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. So they've basically... Okay, so... I wish they were a little smarter about it. Like, overall, that's a good idea. I like, you know, having the one in the hospital across the street for me. That's okay. I don't know that I really like the idea of having 12 of them super dense right across the street from you. Like, based on what I what I understand the mechanics, and I haven't played a whole lot yet, yeah. uh, that just seems unnecessary. If it causes a gameplay problem, they might cut it down. Yeah. Um. Okay, so... I have a question you may not be able to answer, and that's okay. People who play Ingress know that there are events. Yes. Events called anomalies. Yes. And these anomalies, teams teams of hundreds of people sometimes, will go out and play Ingress and try to hold a place or capture a place yep. or do what have you. Any potential for any real-world big events like that in Pokemon Go? I don't know enough yet. It okay. seems like there there could be, uh, the way the battle system works. Mm-hmm. 
It seems like there's potential for that, but it would be a little odd. Okay. Uh, there's no. Is there any team makeup? Do you choose a team? You do choose a team. Okay. Um, that's how gyms work. I haven't found a gym and messed with that yet. Okay. All I know is from what uh, my friends who also are testers have told me. Okay. Um. So there's a team mechanic to it. So you could do events. You could do something competitive. Yeah. And um, there's three teams instead of two. I think there's also a really good. Uh, chance there too for like you know how ingress has the shards that teams have to work together to move around the world uh-huh. uh i think there's a good chance too with pokemon you have legendaries yep and i think there's a good chance to use like legendary pokemon and shit like that uh, in that kind of big worldwide team-based type thing like moving a shard in ingress there's probably a good chance to use a legendary pokemon for something like that as well yeah but a uh, similar mechanic yeah yeah but one thing i find is okay in ingress there's like fielding like mm-hmm. there's shit to do when you're not, you know, like there's there's layers of things to do. You can hack portals, you can take portals, you can field areas, you can do, you know, there's layers and layers of shit. Pokemon Go, it just seems like, catch Pokemon, go battle with it. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Okay, fair enough. I mean, that can be fun. People like to play Pokemon anyway. Mm-hmm. So that can be perfectly fine. Um, I was just wondering if there were any more, like, levels in the real world that you can... It's still... In testing, there's nothing really terribly interesting about it yet. Yeah. For you know, um, long-term replayability. Yeah. Other than just like looking for new Pokemon, mm-hmm. um, but it's still in testing, and I'm sure they'll add more functionality and stuff oh, yeah. to it. Absolutely, they have to. Um, okay, cool. That's excellent, dude. I really want to play this game, and I'm not a Pokemon person. Yeah. I, I don't play Pokemon. I owned a Game Boy, and I never... Or I owned a Game Boy Advance, mm-hmm. the SP, yep. the hingy door, and I never owned a copy of Pokemon. Hmm. Any. Wow. Yeah. I'm not a Pokemon player. I don't know Pokemon. I don't watch the show. I haven't read the comics. I don't know Pokemon. But Pokemon Go looks fucking cool. Yeah. Like, it looks awesome. It does look pretty cool. And I'm super interested in it. Um, okay, so we've got Pokemon Go. Yep. Any chance for Mitomo to cross over with Pokemon <laughs> Go in some way? Uh, I doubt it. Okay, I think that would be cool. I think that'd be weird. Sure, but they, I mean, there's there's ways you could do. If nothing else, other than just avatars. Yeah. I, I think it would be cool for Mitomo and, and Pokemon Go to hook into each other somehow. Yeah, the character creation in Pokemon Go is really limited. Is it? Yeah. So just use the me. Use your me for Mitomo. Yeah. That's. I mean. Except this is Niantic developing it, not oh, sure, but it's technically still... licensed by Nintendo, but not yeah. a Nintendo prop uh, game. But the, I, I mean, Pokemon's a Nintendo property yes. in gaming. Yes. In gaming, and other things that's owned by other people, but gaming. Yeah. So the the uh, rights and everything, you know, could potentially be worked out. Yeah. I, I don't see it happening. Really? Yeah. Oh man, that'd be cool though. Yeah. I would I would really enjoy that being I, able to. Yeah, I like the the character aesthetic they did better than the me aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like to see some more. Okay, so the character, character aesthetic actually talk to me about that for a second because does it look like? Okay, does it look like the chibi characters in the games? No. Okay, does it look like the characters from the anime? Yeah, it's it a looks like, like the, that. Yeah, and kind of the ways that characters have gone in the more recent. Uh, Pokemon entries. Okay. It's kind of the same aesthetic. Alright. That's very, cool. very anime. Yeah. Um, how. I don't want to put it like that. No, okay. So, how many polygons are we talking about? Like, how good are the character models for, like, a Pokemon? The character models are pretty good. Okay. Alright, so they don't look like they're. These are clearly. 
carved from clay with a single just they don't look like that no okay um that's awesome dude yeah i'm, I'm super interested in this game i really want to play it. it looks like a ton of fun i actually almost forgot we were recording tonight i was uh eating dinner and then i was gonna go head over to the school and just walk around and play this game for a couple hours let's but, fucking uh, do it after bro because I'm super interested in how this game works. Um, Alright, so... I have one more confession. This game I told you that I've been playing a lot of recently. Yes. I have to... Uh, Tell me it's an anime meet and fuck game. I wish I could. <laughs> oh, that's no fun. No, it's an, it's an online turn-based PvP MMO. Okay. Um, and so I'm going to have to log in here. Is computer or mobile? Uh, it's it's web-based, so I am kinda. checking it on my phone right now, but typically I play it on the computer. Alright. And for the best experience, I want to play it on the computer. Alright. Um, um, yeah, I just have to log on every hour and bank my gold, or I will get attacked and lose it all. <laughs> it, you said it's a turn-based... Yeah. Um, okay, you said... Because you lost me for a second. You said online, turn-based... PvP. PvP. MMO. Alright. Yeah. So it's... I'm trying to think of the game. It's actually kind of just like... That's actually kind of a poor comparison. So this game, it's really old. Okay. Like, um, probably... Well... This particular one is a spin-off of one, which kind of shat the bucket. Um, and the original one has shat, been around. Wait, shat the bucket. Yeah, shat the bucket. Is that a phrase? <laughs> I don't is think that so. Euphemism? I don't think so. I it's, generally say shit the bed. It's um. <laughs> shat the bucket. <laughs> yeah. Did it kick the bucket or did it shit the bed? I think it shat the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know. I uh, realized that. the episode, it shot the bucket. I realized that phrase makes no sense. It's it's something that got stuck in my head at one point, and I just started saying it because okay. it's kind of dumb. All right. Well, Mazinga. It gets the point across. Um, <laughs> okay, so this is a spinoff of an old game that... So it's that, a spinoff of an old game. That it's, shit uh, the bed bucket. That shit, shit the bed bucket. Shit the bed bucket? It's whatever It shat bed bugs. It shat bed... Those things are so gross. Bed bugs or shit? Uh, both. <laughs> bed, I think bed bugs are grosser than shit. I don't know. I don't know. I've... Well, you know what? Probably so. I've never wanted a pile of, bud be of bed bugs on my chest after sex, so... Yeah. It's... Yeah, you're right. Continue. <laughs> um, yeah, so you pick a class. Uh, there are five classes now. When I first started playing the original game back in 2003, maybe earlier? No, it was way earlier. Back in 2000, probably, um, wow. when I started playing the original game. Is that older um, than RuneScape? It's not quite, but it's up there. Okay. Um, there were only four classes, mm -hmm. and so uh, you have, originally, they've changed this and fucked it all up. Humans, which um, generate more gold per turn. Okay. Dwarves, which have a higher defense stat. Elves, which have a higher spine. Well, that already makes no sense. Dwarves should generate more gold per turn. They should. Okay, continue. Uh, I already have no faith in this. Continue. Elves, which have a higher spy and sentry stat and orcs which had a higher attack stat okay all that makes sense except for the dwarves and the humans that should be switched a little bit yeah, yeah. um i guess humans are really good at commerce <laughs> i suppose that's one logic we have markets we invented credit i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. 
Um, so this is a spinoff of that game. Yeah, so it's a spinoff of that. Um, the classes are a little different, but it's the, the same general idea. Yeah. And so there are different things you can upgrade. You can upgrade um, your troop generation, which okay. is how many troops you get per turn. Of course, you can upgrade your attack and defense, um, predominantly by buying weapons for your troops. Okay. But then there's also just like fortification upgrades and stuff. So it, it's got a little bit of a tower defense kind of angle to it? A little. It sounds like you're describing? Uh, not really. So... Uh, of course, you build up your attack, and that helps you attack. You build up your defense, and that helps you defend against attacks. So those two are really easy. So you go out into the... You get one turn every half an hour. You go out to the battlefield, and uh, you look through and see who has the most gold. Okay. Uh, because that's what you want. Um, like on Clash of Clans. Like on Clash of Clans, yeah. yeah. Um, and so then, if you're smart, you'll spy on them. Okay. Which, you know, takes your sen your spy stat and their sentry stat into account to see if that's successful or not. And you determine their defense. Okay. And if your attack is higher, you attack them, you get all their gold. So it's kind of like a, like when you're saying that like your spy stat and their sentry stat, it's kind of uh, like, it's sort of like D&D, &D, where like you would roll against another character to see if they notice you, yeah. or what, like you roll yeah, for... Yeah, it's uh, exactly like that, except yeah. there's no rolling, there's no yeah, random it's just, element. It's just, in the, it's just in the numbers. It's just in the numbers. Okay, that makes sense. Um, speaking of D&D, &D, dude, um, actually, should we take a break and speak of D&D &D after? Yeah, let's. All all right, we're going to take a break now. I don't know why we're going to take a break. We both still have drink left. I'm out. Oh, never mind. I still have drink left. You still have drink left? It's fine. We'll take a break. <laughs> I don't want to finish this. You don't have to. I can dump it and just make a new one. I feel like I probably need to finish this. Why? I mean, it's no fun if you don't finish. Mm, you're, you're, you're dirty. I like it. We're going to be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to Drinky Files. I'm Dino. I'm Ryan. We didn't. We didn't do that ourselves. the first time. That's why. That's why I just. Did, it was habit that I just did that, and we didn't do it the first time. So yeah, that was. We fucked up. We fucked up. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. She moves in mysterious ways. Does she? Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> I was saying before we left. Yeah. I want to talk about D and D. What about it? You ever played D&D? &D? I haven't. I want to. I have not either. Let's let's do this first. That was weak. That was very weak. Oh, it's still bad. Yeah, that's weird. <coughs> I don't like it. I, like I said, I'm not convinced it's bad. I don't know. There's like a weirdness to it that I can't put my finger on. I mean, you're more than welcome to feel conflicted about it. I, I am <laughs> not conflicted. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so I was talking about D&D. &D. Yeah. Uh, have you ever played D&D? &D? No. You just asked. I know. I was. I had forgotten where we were, so now I'm starting over. Okay. Um, I watched a ton of D and D stuff on YouTube. Um, there's a video from Geek and Sundry called uh -huh. D and Diesel. Yeah, I heard about that. It's pretty great. I need to watch it. I watched the uncut version. It was like just 30 minutes of a bunch of people playing D and D with Vin Diesel. It was great. Um. Uh, what's her name is in it? Uh, Felicia Day. No, she's not in the in the D and D and Diesel. Oh, she's not. No, she's not in it. Cause it's she's her she, project. Okay. Geek and Sundry is like her and Will Wheaton and a bunch of other people. Yeah. But um, 
No, she's not in that particular video. Uh, what's her name is? Not Meg Turney. Jessica Chobot. Okay. She's in it. And she's actually not... Like, a lot of people were getting into it and shit, and mm -hmm. she was kind of... I don't think she... When role-playing, I don't think she role-plays as much as other people do. I tend to not either. I am really not convinced I would actually like D&D. Really? Um, yeah. Because, like, I LARPed for a little bit, and the role-playing part of that was the worst part of it for me. I kind of like just uh, beating people over the head with foam swords. <laughs> um, so I'd like to try D&D &D just to see, but I... I would love to try I'm not convinced that it would be my thing. The thing that pulled me in about D&D &D wasn't just D&D &D Soul, which was hilarious. And the Dungeon Master on D&D &D Soul was awesome. Um, what drew me into D&D &D is there's this channel that has like a huge... D&D, oh, excuse me, campaign mm -hmm. up on YouTube. Karen with the channels. But I watched their entire D&D campaign. Dude, I'm, I'm talking, I watched probably, let's see, I think it went to like part 13 or 14, and each video was about 45 minutes long. Mm -hmm. Dude, I watched a ridiculous amount of D&D in one day. And I'm sitting here like this, What what seems great about it to me is... I love the notion of building a story as you go. Mm -hmm. And I love the notion of the dungeon master has to kind of build the bones of the campaign, but it's the actions of the players that flesh it out. Yeah. And I love I, I love stories. I love writing. I love reading comics. I love watching good TV shows. I love stories. I'm addicted to stories. Mm -hmm. And the notion of building up a story with a group of people yeah. and, and not knowing what the story is, just going forward and building this story out fascinates me. Yeah. It looks like so much fucking fun. The way I I'd want to play it, at least the first time, is, uh, um, I almost said to not take it seriously, but that's not what I, what I mean, um, because I would take it seriously. To just try and be as crazy, stupid as possible, mm -hmm. I, I'm under the impression that, uh, D&D mechanics don't work exactly this way, so fill in the gaps in my knowledge if you know how D&D works. Okay. But I'd want to play, like, a really high charisma character. Okay. And just be like... Try to talk yourself out of situations. Yeah, you see a dragon. Yeah. I take off my pants. Yeah. Yeah, like stuff like that. Of... You can do... You can do stuff like that if you have a DM that's gonna let you be goofy. Um, sometimes the DM is like, that's fucking... No, this is fucking stupid. Like, some, I take some... off my pants. The dragon uses fire breath and kills you. Yeah, exactly. Like, and also, it's not always up to you um, whether or not your character is good enough. Really, your character, you don't really pick the stats at the beginning. Oh yeah, you have so to roll much. For yeah, and I think there's different ways to do it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are some ways where you can, where you have a certain number of points and you add those points to what you want to the mm -hmm. higher base. But you know, some people roll for their stats, so and stuff like that. So, having but, having like a pool of points seems way more interesting to me. Yeah, exactly. Because like they're if, just rolling for everything. If you roll for a character which has like really high evasion but really low attack and really low intelligence or whatever, there's like nothing you can do. Yeah, I can see. Well, it also depends on the rules that you get while you're playing. So like, even if your character has really low attack and you roll a natural 20, doesn't matter, you fucking win. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So there's, you know, it, it, it kind of it depends on luck as much as how you build your character to begin with. 
And I've, oh, I, I was just fascinated watching these campaigns online and stuff like that, and it made me really want to get into it. The problem with D&D is that you have to have friends. Yeah. And I have a precious few. <laughs> yeah. Some I of mean, which would not be interested in D&D whatsoever. Like, I could not get my girlfriend to sit down and play D&D with you. She would not want to. I mean, we're in Denton. We could just find, actually, uh, I know of a game shop in Louisville, mm -hmm. which just has D&D nights. Yeah. There's one in, there's one over here on the square that's owned by the same guy who owns more fun comics. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's doable, but it's also one of those things of like, if I'm walking into a shop to play D&D &D with a bunch of strangers, I'm a noob. Yeah. I've never played the game before. I may have watched it a lot on YouTube, but I don't know the back end. Like, yeah. I don't know all the stuff that happens in, before they upload video or crap like that, so I don't know. I think the thing that interests me more than D&D, &D, which mind you is not really synonymous with D&D, &D, is uh, magic. Mm -hmm. If I had money, I'd really like to tr get into magic. That's the thing about... <laughs> wow! Oh, Jesus, that bit back. Anyway, the thing about magic, too, is, like you said, it kind of requires the money. you got to be able to build a deck. Yep. And you have to be able to build a deck that's going to be able to compete. Yep. And that's not always easy. Um, magic card games generally haven't really interested me. Interested me, rather. Um, I played a little bit of the Star Wars TCG mm -hmm. around the time Clone Wars came out. Mm -hmm. I played some of the Star Wars TCG, but again, no friends. Yeah. And at this point in time, everyone's playing Yu-Gi-Oh. I was huge into Yu-Gi-Oh. Really? Yeah. Like, I, I, I tried to play, I tried to teach my brother how to play Star Wars TCG. He was too young. Yeah. He didn't understand it. He's four years younger than me. Four years younger than me at the time Attack of the Clones came out. This dude's barely talking. How the fuck you? <laughs> he's a little older than that, but you know he's not gonna yeah. understand a game. Yeah, one of the things that really helped me was like all the kids in my neighborhood who I was friends with played Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, and so like there was a group of us we'd get together every Saturday morning and we'd watch cartoons for a little bit and then we'd play Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, that sounds <clears throat> fun, dude. I didn't have a lot of friends like that. Though. Um, uh, partially because I probably would have gotten into Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm -hmm. Like this is the thing. Like you know, does you know what what happens if you take a different path? You know, sort of a question. But I probably could have gotten into Yu-Gi-Oh or would have gotten into Yu-Gi-Oh had my mom not been so anti-anime when I was young. Yeah. My mom apparently read a thing that got into her head that anime was the devil. Yeah, it's, and I think we've had this conversation. before. Exactly, we have. Bullshit. It's insane. It's, but uh, you know, it makes. I mean, you know, people read a thing and you know it affects them. So you never know quite how it's gonna go. But that was the way she was with anime. So, like, I had to sneak in my anime. I had to watch Toonami when I got home while she was taking a shower. Because she took a shower as soon as, she, as soon as she picked us up. She would go take a shower. Mm -hmm. And then I watched uh, Code Lyoko. Yep. Which is why I still to this day love Code Lyoko. Even though nobody gives a shit about it. I love it because that was the anime that I could watch. Yeah. Because that was what was on while mom was in the shower. Um, And with my brother, again, it's totally different. With my brother, he can fucking do what the fuck ever he wants to do. <laughs> He's like, ah. Oh. Our parents great that way. I know. I know. It's okay. I don't begrudge any part of my childhood. But um yeah, that was that that was one of the things that I couldn't get into just because of the way my parents were. I probably would have though, otherwise, because I had friends in like fifth and sixth grade and something like that who played a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm -hmm. and watching them play was kinda of passing. You know, I'd sit there and watch them and then this dude would slowly be building I don't know, fucking what Zodiac or whatever. He'd slowly be building oh, yeah. out with the pieces. And I'm just like watching, is this dude gonna be able to counter and this he can't and he loses and all this other whatever. Run later, you stupid Scheduled hardware scan. Thanks, Microsoft, for thinking you know more about when my computer needs to be scanned than I do. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I probably could have, I probably would have played Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah. honestly, kid, if I had the opportunity. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh, though, I never really understood, though, either. Because there's rules you have to know. Yeah. And I just don't know. Maybe it was just because, like, I was a little older than all the other kids in 
the neighborhood, and so at this time most of them were like in elementary school. So we might have just dumbed the rules down. I don't remember, uh, but the way we played overall was pretty simple. Yeah. Um, well, that's that kind of thing's allowed too. Games like you have house rules for games all yeah. the time. Like uh, we didn't play a whole lot because. Pokemon trading card game is terrible, but when we played Pokemon, we never played with uh, um, the elements. Um, they never matter. They no, they never matter because you're supposed to draw however many elements to, and put them on your cards to do an attack. Mm -hmm. We just never. You just did it based on mm -hmm. AP. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and frankly, it's a simpler fucking way to do it. Don't don't overcomplicate your card games. Well, that's kind of one of the things I like about Magic is how all the or one of the things that really interests me um, is how complicated and rulesy it is. Yeah. Yeah, because you have to like learn that and learn what to do it each time, and it's, it's an optimization game kind. Of. Yeah. Well, you're also that kind of guy. Like, you're the guy that sits there and reads Clash of Clan articles and blogs and, like, tries to watches the videos. Yeah. And, like, tries to figure out how everything works. Like, you sent us the video about how lightning spells work and stuff like that, and you were, like, totally jazzed about it. And I'm just over here, like, I just dropped lightning on ADs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you like to get granular like that, and I, I generally don't. I generally try to stay as surface as I can when I'm talking about games. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, it's just too complex to view. But, uh, well, I can totally see you digging something like that where you had to dig in and be like how does this work that's one of the things why I feel like I'm getting back into this Ruins of Chaos game which okay this this game I'm playing it's called Ruins of Chaos mm -hmm. because it was built out of the ruins of the original game Kings of Chaos oh okay um, that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm getting back into it which at this point like Kings of Chaos still exists and has way more mechanics and so in Ruins of Chaos with the kind of simplified mechanics the strategies are really weird. Yeah. Um, the pro strats? Yeah. So, like, one of the things I'm, I'm doing, like, um, getting gold is everything. The yeah. best way to get gold is to have a huge army, which generates a ton of gold. And so, early game strategy is every, depending on how much gold you're making, every half hour, or, like, I can get away with doing it every hour, you bank gold, which just means you buy weapons. Mm -hmm. And then, when your sell value is high enough, you sell off all of your weapons, so basically dropping your stats back down to zero, and buy the next upgrade for unit production mm -hmm. so that you get your unit production as high as possible in the early game. And then that gives you a leg up as you go forward. Yeah. Kind of like with Clash. With Clash, there are early game strats to try and get you to where you need to be in order to reach TH7 and 8 and, yep. and to have a leg up when you hit 8 and 9 and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Which I didn't do at all. Um, I <laughs> and really, frankly, I'm I'm kind of happy with where I'm at though. Yeah. At TH8, I'm slowly upgrading my defenses and stuff like that. But you know, I'm I've bought everything that you can buy for TH8, and I'm just trying to upgrade it. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm having fun with it. I, I like Clash. Um. I downloaded this game recently called War Dragons. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm, because again, advertising works, people. This thing was advertised on uh on the Dude Suit podcast. Uh, from Funhouse. Okay. It was advertised on there. Now, I personally don't like advertisements for my stuff, mm -hmm. for, for our content and stuff like that, because I don't like to be beholden to anybody. Yep. I want to be able to say War Dragon sucks. Even though it doesn't, it's actually pretty fun. Um, I just I just finished the tutorial, but I can tell that it's kind of a fun game. Um, but if it sucked, I want to be able to say, yeah, this game fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. Why would you play this? Um, kind of like if like if Clash of Clans were an advertiser on the show, which they're not, but we talk about them a lot. Mm -hmm. If they were an advertiser on the show, I wouldn't be able to say, yeah, Boom Beach fucking sucks ass. 
Yeah. Even though Boom Beach does fucking suck ass. Yep. <laughs> it does. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's not good, dude. Like, I got into it, and I kind of liked it, but it just seems like it's just not all the way thought out. Yeah, it's like easy mode Clash of Clans, kind of. Yeah, exactly. And being able to... And some of this shit is weird. Mm-hmm. Like, you are you get to the point where... And I and I did, like, stuff at low level that was going to give me a leg up and all sorts of stuff. It's still not fun. Yeah. It's just not fun. Yeah. I mean, one of the things about that game is, like, your town hall equivalent is the only thing that matters. Yeah. As soon as you destroy that, the entire base is gone. Yeah. In Clash of Clans, they've tried to make the town hall relevant, and it just isn't. Like, well, I think I think it's well balanced. The town hall's worth a star. Okay, I'm okay with that. I think that's well balanced. Yeah, but we don't run into this a whole lot because our clan is more casual. Yeah. In really high level war, uh, the town hall doesn't matter, and in a lot of bases, it's literally outside. Yeah, um, I've seen that. And, like, you just use it as another high HP thing that it takes the enemy's troops time to get through because the thing you're trying to defend against is three stars, that yeah. 100% attack, and so you sacrifice that one star to... To, to protect. Protect the last yeah, star. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. And I can see that. But I, I personally, I mean, I like it. I, I think the town hall's fairly, fairly bad. Of course, I don't think it should be worth a whole lot. I don't think it should be the kind of thing that matters like it does in... In Boom in Beach. Boom Beach. Yeah. Because it's dumb. Like, you broke the town hall, now everything's broken? Fuck you. Yeah. I've still got cannons over here. What are you doing? Mortars and shit. Oh, commanders died. Time to kill ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So, I, I don't know. I like the way, Cla- the, way the Clash does. Yeah. Uh, because the, down, the town hall does kind of matter at lower levels. The town yeah. hall really does matter. But, so, I don't know. I, I personally like my hybrid base, though. Um, I just messed with a war base that I found online. Mm-hmm. I used that war base, and then I messed with it to make my hybrid base that I use. I generally... People don't generally attack my main base, mm-hmm. like my home base, for over two stars. Huh, people good. will three-star me when they come in from, like, a TH9, yep. and they've got troops that I just can't defend against. Yep. But that's pretty much it. Um, okay, so I want to talk about this story that you sent. Okay. Um, it's fucking frightening. And it weird. is. I, I loved it in a kind of nihilistic way. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Break it all. Burn it down. Nothing matters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so tell us the story behind yeah, this. Yeah, so the... this is brought to us by Geek.com. Uh, yes. Jordan Minor. Um, and the title of this article is How I Used Lies About a Cartoon to Prove History is Meaningless on the Internet. This... I do have one gripe with this with this particular case study, if you want to call it that, um, and that is that no one fucking knows about this cartoon. Yeah, and he he sort of admits that he does. I think the article is yeah. more well balanced. The title is kind of bullshit. Well, um, generally the author doesn't write the title. Yeah. So the the headline people write the title, um, but I'm. That aside, what he was able to do is kind of fascinating. Give us some... Tell us what this is about. Yeah, so back in the 90s, there was a cartoon show called... What was it called? Oh, uh, Street Sharks. Street Sharks. And it was just a super terrible uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ripoff. It's about four dudes who get caught up in some kind of experiment or whatever that goes wrong and they get turned into sharks and they're super broy and they go around talking about how much they hate pizza. Yeah. Um <laughs> they fight 
villains and other, you know, human-animal hybrids. Minor specifies, he says, their catchphrase was Jawsome. Jawsome. <laughs> and, uh, it was basically a, a TV show to sell a toy line. Yeah, of course. That Vin Diesel described as... <clears throat> Round mounds of pounds. Oh my god, that is the sexiest quote I think Vin Diesel ever has ever uttered. <laughs> I would love to hear Vin Diesel just go to microphone and just in his deep group voice go, Round mounds of pounds. Mmm! Yeah, tasty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this guy basically got on TVTome.com which was just a user-edited wiki of TV shows, and... Around 2003. Around, yeah, and because... When MySpace mattered. Yep. No, that was even before MySpace, isn't it? Yeah, that was a little before MySpace. Yeah. Um, if my memory is correct. GeoCities! <laughs> yeah. I never, I never GeoCities. Me neither. Continue. Um, but yeah, so, you know, typically wikis have moderators and shit... And just no one fucking cares about small knockoff TV shows because Street Sharks, yeah, was was just generally agreed to be terrible. Um, and so he basically just made shit up mm -hmm. for the entire show. He added characters who didn't exist. Um, he included voice actors who never did voices for the show. Mm -hmm. uh, he wrote custom plot summaries for every episode. Like, he just wrote his own plots uh, for the show. Yep. And, and uh, no one cared. They just sat there. Yeah, for a long time. For a long time. Until, just and like with everything else, there are cycles. And eventually Street Sharks, no Street Sharks Nostalgia happened. Uh, I guess. Because, I mean, there were, like, Facebook groups made for it and yeah. shit like that. And, yeah, so the internet slowly grew. There were, uh, He talks a lot about forum boards, um, which, you know, no one posts on forums anymore. Do um, they not? No, forums are... Forums are dead? Basically. When's the Reddit funeral? Reddit's not really a forum. I consider Reddit a forum of sorts. Because Reddit... To, okay, I spent a lot of time on a forum called Facepunch. Mm -hmm. uh, you ever use Facepunch? No. Okay, well, it was run by Gary. Same dude who made Gary's Mod. Okay. Uh, he made Facepunch as a forum for Gary's Mod. And it just kind of grew and grew until there were all different subjects and all different subforums and all sorts of stuff. Uh, there's a lot like I guess so. I would I would consider Reddit to be a forum of sorts. I guess it is in a way because your subreddits are just like subforums. Yeah, they're and your you know posts or boards. Exactly, exactly. I would consider Reddit to be, if anything, maybe a metaphor. Yeah, that's all right. That's fair. Um, but yeah, like stuff slowly just picked up. Yeah, all his misinformation. IMDb yeah. picked it up. Uh, oh, this was after uh, after CBS bought TV Tome and integrated it into TV.com. TV yeah, and then you know people would start going to that for information. Um, Netflix actually still has some of his incorrect voice actor lists. Really? Yep. Um, wow. And it just grew, and it took people a long time to notice that anything was wrong. Like, uh, there was a character that he created he called Roxy. Mm -hmm. And so he sh shares this post. Um, There's a Facebook. It's it's part of somebody's Facebook info. Uh, I'm assuming for a group about Street Sharks? Yes. Street Sharks Forever? Yeah. Um, and she mentioned how, how Roxy is her favorite character. And there's no Roxy in the show. She's yeah. loosely based off a character in the show, Rox, but yeah. Roxy doesn't exist. Um, Roxy is a, is a credited character on IMDb in this thing that he... Uh, in this 
thing that, that he posts, he posts a screenshot of IMDb where Roxy is a, is a character with a credited voice actor. Yeah. <laughs> um, someone mentions owning the the video, um, the Shiva Saga on, on VHS or whatever. And the Shiva mm-hmm. Saga doesn't exist. It's a video he made up in the series that yeah. that doesn't exist. Um, he Henry credited... Winkler. Yeah, he credited Henry Winkler um, as one of the, the voice actors. Henry... Henry Winkler, uh, the Fonz. Yeah, who played the Fonz on, uh, Jesus, Happy Days. Happy Days, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, like, people just believed it. It's a good connection to make, though. Henry Winkler and Street Sharks, because, of course, the term jumping a shark comes from the episode of Happy Days in which the Fonz jumps a shark, and that's considered, like, on on water skis, he jumps a shark, mm-hmm. and that's considered to be the turning point for the series when it got shitty. Yeah. Um, so jumping the shark is where that comes from, just for those who don't know. Uh, so it makes sense that that connection would be made in some middle schooler's mind. Yeah. You should, uh, <laughs> you should scroll down to the bottom real fast. Uh, How far to the bottom? Uh, uh, like really towards the. This no, is the very bottom. That's the scroll. Okay, up a little bit. Okay. Um. Oh, where is it? There was a line I wanted to read. While you're gonna read that, I wanna I wanna talk about like while you find that, and you can tell me where to scroll. Um, but I wanna talk about like th- this is the kind of thing that people are scared of with Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and the kind of thing that people are worried about with Wikipedia. And my teachers say don't cite Wikipedia because Wikipedia doesn't. It's it's uh, <coughs> it's community edited. Yeah. So you know you can put whatever you want up there. Supposedly, you really can't. Um, if you do, it's probably only gonna last a couple hours mm-hmm. uh, because it's moderated and it will be taken down. And other people who edit the wiki that you edited will come in and change it and stuff like that. Not always, not on more obscure stuff, mm-hmm. but you know, it depends. So, but that's why, again, with Wikipedia and stuff like this, always go to the footnotes, always view the sources, and cite the sources instead of Wikipedia. Wikipedia, after almost every sentence, will have a number. Click the number, go to the source. Yep. you'll find. It. Yep. Um, it's totally fine to use. Wikipedia for research as long as you go back and look at the sources that they're using to build the art. Yep. Um, you find the bit? I didn't find the, the thing. Um, uh, monster, monster truck with shark teeth. What the fuck, dude? Um, he talks about how probably part of what sold it is that a lot of what he wrote was actually based on fact. Like, um, half-remembered from his childhood. Yeah, like, he talks about a lot of the voice actors were credited correctly, because at the time he watched Street Sharks, he just had a thing for memorizing voice actors. Yeah. So, um... Which makes... Which totally makes sense why he would be writing for Geek.com. If he had... If he liked to memorize voice actors as a child. Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's very, very interesting, but essentially what happens is, you know, people use this old source, and they start using it for IMDb, they start using it for Wikipedia, they start using it for their Facebook groups and stuff like this, and, and it's uh, kind of fascinating how, if you get in early enough, and you have to mm-hmm. get in early enough, you can kind of change internet history. Yeah. And not just internet history, but you can change the way that the internet perceives history, real-world history, mm-hmm. um, in this very strange way. And of course, again, sort of disclaimer with regard to this very obscure property. Well, I'd actually even say that his, his whole article disproves the whole notion of the title because even for this very obscure property, sure, it was successful for a decade or so but people eventually caught on and found out, like, it didn't work. But does that have to do more with the fact that it didn't work, or just with the growth of the internet as a whole, and people who are like, street sharks aficionados are gonna be like, this is bullshit. 
Because there's got to be some street shark aficionado out there. I mean, people who are a fan of old young Vin Diesel commercials. I feel like I feel like that's synonymous because you know, arguably for for however many years it did work, and then it it didn't. It stopped working mm-hmm. because the internet grew and because of these aficionados. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. But there's also the 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 issue that I think exists with like history, real world real world history, where like there are people who are like Holocaust. Deniers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Imagine if Holocaust deniers ended up something happened in history where Holocaust deniers ended up with the power, and so they ended up putting in textbooks that the Holocaust didn't have. Would there be anyone like, unlike the internet, not everyone has that loud has that loud a voice? Well, I mean that's really interesting. Uh, I was taught in elementary school, and I'm sure you were too, that uh, Thomas Edison was basically a god. Yeah, but he wasn't. He was kind of a shitty person. He, he was. Argued for DC over AC. Um, Nikola Nikolai Tesla Tesla. did way more and doesn't get credited. And now, and you know that was taught like Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison, like, and here's the thing too about Thomas Edison is like this is the kind of guy who. Sort of like how we all kind of worship, um, oh, what's his name? Pop artist, kind of most famous pop artist, Andy Warhol. Had kind of like a workshop where people were just making pieces. It wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily him. Thomas Edison had kind of the same thing with inventions. Mm-hmm. He had just had workshops full of people who were trying to build shit. Yep. And he took credit once it was done just because that was his company. Yeah. And it's it's that kind of thing, too, where like we're taught to believe that Thomas Edison was sitting there toiling in a workshop over a thousand different versions of a life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but exactly. No. We were taught to believe that, and we still learned better eventually. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. But I think we learned better. I think this is probably, to go along with your point, I think this is probably a testament to the internet. Because without the internet, of course, this guy's life started on the internet, but if you freeze time at that point, if you freeze the internet at that point, his stuff, his lies exist forever. Yeah. So I think, frankly, I never read about Nikola Tesla in a history book. The only place I've seen anything about Nikola Tesla is on the internet. Yep, same. So is that a testament to the internet? The internet is sort of a mechanism that goes back and corrects uh, misconstrued history. I think it is. I think that's absolutely the case. I, I think all the evidence points that whoever wrote the title for this is completely fucking stupid. Like, the internet... <laughs> well, they're a headline writer. They have to make something punchy that you're going to click on. Yeah, um, but, like, I really think the internet is a history corrector, not history obscure, mm-hmm. or... Um, or at least something that corrects as much as it obscures. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could totally see that, too, because you also have issues with, like, even if you look at political stuff now, the internet is so full of obscurities... Yeah. And things like that. Um I don't politically, just pop culturally. Uh, there's there's so many obscure obfuscations on the internet that, that, that don't really align with reality as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, an example of which, honestly, I didn't expect to have this segue, but I'm going to use it. This is something that was published a long time ago, just before Civil War came out. Mm-hmm. Um, or just as it came out. Uh, it was published on Salon by Amanda Marcotte, who I tweeted at a couple of times saying, you're a fucking moron. In more words than that. Um, but this person wrote an article called Captain America's a Douchey Libertarian Now. Why did Marvel have to ruin Steve Rogers? Okay, now, 
if anybody anybody who's read the Civil War comic book knows that the reason the primary reason Steve Rogers was against registration is because the the vigilante superhuman mutant registration all this kind of stuff kind of came together from other disparate parts of the Marvel universe. Um, the reason he was against it was for reasons of liberty. It was a libertarian issue for him. Mm-hmm. He didn't think he thought that superheroes had a right to their personal identity, which is why it was such a big deal in the Civil War storyline when Superman un- unmasked himself on television. Uh, that you know, that's why it was a big deal when that happened. Uh, or I'm sorry, Superman. Did I say Superman? You did say Superman. I meant Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> a couple of these drinks, man. Um, <laughs> I was about to correct you, but you got around to it before I. Had yeah. To all right. In. Thank you very much for keeping it on. Um, so what she. <sighs> In her... Ignorance? Ignorance, yeah, yeah. I was going to say something meaner. Ignorance is correct. Um, in her ignorance, she was disappointed with Captain America because she sees Captain America as a like paragon of uh, sort of liberal democracy. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, progressivism to a degree. Um, which isn't Captain America. Yeah, a dude who grew up in World War II America is going to be a paragon of... Pro- Progressivism. Doesn't make any fucking sense, right? No. Exactly. So, she was very upset um, about the way that they treated Steve Rogers in the Civil War. The very same thing that made me so happy. Mm-hmm. They treated Steve Rogers perfectly in Civil War. We talked about this a little bit the other night yep. when we were over at Lou's and we were talking before we left. Um... I believe they were very faithful to Steve Rogers as a character in that film. And and so much so that I would pay money over and over and over again for them to keep being this faithful to Steve Rogers. Um, this is a long fucking piece. It's a very long piece on Salon. Um, but one of the... This is the paragraph I want to read. Uh, again, this is written by Amanda Marcotte. Um, the liberal position, the one that Steve Rogers of the past two movies would hold, is extremely clear. The police and the military are accountable to the public. If people die on your watch, there needs to be a hearing. The military's power should be held in check. We sure as hell don't want a mercenary organization that answers to no one crossing international borders and fighting wars without any input from democratic systems of government. I think she just fundamentally doesn't understand libertarianism because, yes, he absolutely would believe that, and yes, he absolutely would believe that private powers should have whatever yep. they want. I think she's just trying to fit everything into her two-party, either progressive or conservative box. box. Yeah. Uh, she also says, the demands being made by various governments the United Nations in civil war are more than reasonable. They want the Avengers to stop being privately run paramilitary organization that answers to no one. They want them to sign a treaty agreeing to transparency and some government oversight. This is common sense, and what would we expect, and what we would expect the standard liberal position to be in a world where superheroes exist. I mean, yes, she is correct on that last point. This is the very last point. This is what we would expect uh, the standard liberal position to be. Yeah. Except that uh, Steve Rogers, Captain Rogers... Um, Captain. Was, well, he technically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> has never been a standard liberal, and also no. is not common sense. That's you being a fucking controlling bitch. Exactly. And you also have to understand, this is a character. If you watch the three Captain America movies put together, and I love this about the these films, but people seem to have ignored it because the Marvel movies have essentially exposed 
everyone to the idea of comic book continuity, mm-hmm. where things intertwine, everything is intermeshed, and different books relate to each other. That's how the comic book, uh, or rather, that's how the Marvel Universe works, mm-hmm. the cinematic universe. Um, and, and honestly, it's great that Marvel has been able to teach the public comic book continuity, because that's one of the things that scares a lot of people when they're trying to get into comics, uh-huh. is like, there's so much history I don't know about. Well, this is how you approach it. Mm-hmm. Here's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This tells you how it works. And there are places to jump on, places you can jump off, different things like that. The three Captain America films work together perfectly, regardless of whatever movies have come out. You have the first Avenger, in which he is a patriot boner, Nazi-fighting motherfucker, which is great. Mm-hmm. I love it. And then you have Winter Soldier, in which he finds out that government can be infiltrated by bad people. Yeah. And bad people, in fact, have infiltrated governments and want to hold a gun to the world's head and execute people who have the possibility of superhuman powers. Yeah. And then you come to Civil War, where governments approach him and say, we want to control the organization for which you work. Yeah. What do you expect his response to be? I mean, this is this is just like a great character arc. He learns things and changes his position. Yeah. And, like, it works wonderfully. She wants him... I, she wants him to be a static, flat character yes, with no she, growth. She doesn't. She wants him to not have grown past the first Avenger. Th- and this, this is a weird like, because I don't see, I don't see this overlap very much of a like progressive liberal and a huge fucking patriot. Like America is the best yeah, country in the world. Yeah. We should bow down to America. Kind of weird intersection. Yeah. Like. Oh, where was it? Where was it? Um, they want the... Uh, oh, the, the UN's um, demands are more than reasonable. They want the Avengers to stop being a privately run paramilitary organization that answers to no one. Uh, they want them to become a government thing. And this just sounds like socialism. Yeah. Really? Well, here's the issue, too, is that we're dealing with fictional characters. This doesn't translate to the real world. And she's trying to translate it to the real world, to the real world in a weird way, where... These characters do answer to something, and what they answer to is their inherent sense of justice and morality, which is, by and large, unassailable. Mm -hmm. That's what makes them heroes. Their inherent sense of justice and morality is that is far above that of any other person. That's what makes them superhuman. That's what makes them heroes in a world full of just people. Mm -hmm. Um, They are ubermensch. And... To try and say that Ubermensch should be controlled by government is fucking bonkers. It, it's it's insanity. And this is one of the things about the movie that I really loved mm-hmm. as well. Because her reaction tells you where she stands as far as her well, worldview mean, goes. She tells you where she stands. Oh, sure, absolutely. But, but even if she even if even if you went just on the headline alone and her name. You could tell exactly where she stands as far as, far as her worldview goes. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Civil War did not tell you who was right. Mm-hmm. Civil War kept things vague. It, 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 it presented both sides, good arguments on both sides, excellent arguments on both sides. And then it went to the fighting, and then it, it stops. And it's like, wait, who won? This is a war of ideals. Mm-hmm. No one's going to win, right? And that's one of the things about this that I love so much, is that Civil War didn't discredit Captain America's admittedly libertarian position, and it didn't discredit Tony Stark's uh, sort of more uh, oh authoritarian position. Mm-hmm. It didn't it didn't say either one was wrong. 
it just comes out and gives the ideas, and then they fight, and then they and then it ends, and it's who do you think is right, and who you think is right is solely dependent upon your worldview. Yeah. And so that, that's one of the reasons that I love this movie so much is because it didn't say anyone was wrong, and it didn't say that anyone was right. It just presented the arguments and said, "Here you go. These are the options. Which one do you agree with the most?" And that's why I think it's important. Unlike with a movie like Twilight, where you have people who are on Team Edward or Team Jacob, or you have Hunger Games, where people are Team Peter or Team whatever the fuck the other guy's name is, the other Hiddleston brother, oh, not yeah. four. <laughs> um, you have a situation where whether or not you are Team Cap or Team Iron Man is in intrinsically and uh, automatically dependent upon the way you see the world. Yep. It's very philosophically rigorous. It's not just like, I think Jacob's harder. It's actually, it actually means something philosophically whose side you come down. Which is, again, why I think the Marvel movies are such fantastic films alone is because they don't do, who do you think is harder? No. This is about, who do you think is right on a moral level? Yeah. And it's it's fascinating. Yeah, it's uh, really excellent. I This is a topic that I wish the overthinking it guys would tackle a little more. Right. Because there's just so much interesting conversation here. Absolutely. And it's one of those things, too, where... Now, you haven't seen Civil War. I haven't seen... You absolutely need to, but I've said that before. Um, the... What I don't like about this article is that she does absolutely ignore the source material. Um, in Civil War, Captain America takes a very libertarian position against registration. And it's not out of character for Captain America to do that. And it's not out of character for the Captain America of the cinematic universe to do that either. No. Um, as we've seen, his arc go from the first to the second film, it makes sense that it he does a libertarian. It makes sense. You have to be really... You have to want him to believe certain things, to, to interpret things the way she does. I agree, yeah. She she was not looking to interpret who is Captain America based on his behavior in the last two movies. She was looking, uh, this is what I think Captain America needs to stand for. Yeah, and what Captain America perhaps represents to her. Mm-hmm. And maybe she had that repre- representation wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe she misread Steve Rogers. Which is fine. I think that kind of thing happens all the time. It's what makes stories great, is that you can be wrong about this kind of thing you can be surprised but she took it very very personally that yeah. Captain America was instead of just saying fuck it I'm team start now fuck yeah these are fictional fucking characters <laughs> Instead of just taking it in stride and being like, yeah, fuck Stark, I'm Team Cat, she took it as, like, a personal affront to her worldview. Yeah. Which is a little insane. <laughs> a little bit. Like, you've got some issues you probably need to work out. If you hang your hat, your philosophical hat, on the actions of fictional characters, you might need to address something internal yeah. <laughs> that's going on. If you feel like this is what your personal philosophy is dependent upon. I don't know. I just, I really thought it was very interesting and um, all that jazz. Now, you sent me a thing where they've recently actually changed Captain America in the comics. Yeah. He's uh, a Hydra I, agent, right? Uh-huh. I just saw this on Facebook today. And because Facebook is fucking stupid, um, the first post I saw was this guy just ripping on Captain America. <clears throat> and um, I I was starting to get a little pissed. Yeah. Like, did you think it was with regard to Civil War? Yeah, I did. I thought yeah. it was in regard to Civil War, and I just I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't believe that someone was that 
militantly believed that, that militantly that they had a right to to tell people what to do and how to live their lives. Yeah. But then as I scrolled down further and further, I eventually came to another post, which they were two of a pair. Um, and this one actually is a link to some changes that are happening in the comics. Yes. Which put his first post in a whole new perspective. Yeah. Uh, so you think his first post was actually with reference to the comics? Yes, Not I do. Civil War? Yeah. I absolutely do. Yeah. Now. Um, and that's the kind of that's the kind of confusion that's happened now because everyone knows of these characters now. Mm-hmm. It's a little hard to be a comic book fan and be like, yeah, man, I fucking love when I don't know Captain America did this thing. And they're like, oh yeah, from the most recent movie. And you're like, no, no, from the comic book in 2003. <laughs> but yeah, the, basically, this is a long BuzzFeed article, uh, the point of which... Article. Yeah, the point of which... <laughs> I mean, it's like half pictures, half like header one giant ass Header one, Exactly! <laughs> And it's just like a Captain America in this universe is a Hydra member. Yeah, in in the in the uh, all new, all different Marvel, which is their most recent reboot. God damn it! Everyone's fucking rebooting the comics, and it's pissing me off. Um, but Captain America for some reason is a Hydra agent, and we don't know why. It's in the first issue. Uh, Captain he America, was, Steve Rogers, number one. Yeah, he was recruited by Hydra as a child and stuck with it and infiltrated the Avengers, um, which gives them, like, a single interesting story opportunity. I'm not a writer. I'm sure he'll do more interesting stuff with it. Than oh, yeah, one thing, right? absolutely. But, of course, this is the kind of thing, too, where you got to remember, it was a year ago, or give or take, that Captain America was replaced with Falcon as Captain America. Captain America lost his rank, and or lost his identity, or whatever the hell happened, and the Falcon became Captain America. And so the Captain America comic was about Falcon. Mm-hmm. Falcon was called Captain America. He wasn't called Falcon. Yet. Um... And then some shit happened in Battle World and a bunch of stuff. I actually quit reading during all this because I hate events like this and it ruins the whole thing for me. Um, and now they've relaunched the universe as all new, all different Marvel. Mm-hmm. And Captain America is apparently a Hydra agent. Now, if you think this is going to matter in a year and a half, you're wrong. In a year and a half, Captain America is going to be Captain America and it's all going to be the same as it was two years ago. Yeah. Um, but it's an interesting way to go with the character, I suppose. Yeah, it's... uh. I mean, people seem to hate it, but... That's the thing, too, about comics, is people who read comics hate anything new. But it's like, what are you going to do? You, you Do you want them to tell the same story every month? No. Exactly. That's why I've never I've never been the kind of guy that's like, I hate new things in comics. I'm not a huge fan of reboots, of universal reboots that mm-hmm. they've been doing at Marvel and DC. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of events. But I'm okay with taking a character and doing a different story about them. I think that's totally great. Yeah. And I think it works. Um, the, the criticism my friend had was they took a character written by two Jews to fight Nazis and turned him into a Nazi? At some point, and this is the thing about comics that are corporately owned, at some point, the original creator's intent doesn't matter anymore. Because this is a this is a character that has existed for I don't know going all the way back to the forties, mm-hmm. and it's owned by this character is owned by a corporation. It's not a, a uh, creator owned comic like you would see at Image. Mm-hmm. It's owned by a corporation, just like Batman. So anything they do with the character is legitimate. The original creators they're not even around anymore. 
And eventually, this is the thing too about these characters that I think is important to notice and realize. Characters from comics, Batman, Superman, Captain America, Iron Man, these are our modern gods. These are, this is our pantheon. Mm -hmm. This is the Wonder Woman and Batman and Superman. We call them the Trinity of DC Comics. This is our pantheon. These are our gods. This is our modern mythology. Yeah. And just like with any other mythos, any other mythology, it becomes really property of society, of, of culture. That's a really interesting way to think about it that I hadn't considered before. I, I, don't, I don't really think that, just like with uh, Siegel and Schuster... I don't, I don't think that Siegel and Schuster's opinion about Superman matters anymore. Because Siegel and Schuster, while they created an amazing character, and they deserve all the credit for the creation of that character. Mm -hmm. I, I would not take that away from them for a second. They deserve all the credit for the creation of this incredible character. However, this character has grown past them. Yep. This character has outgrown them. And aside from the fact that the character is owned by a corporation who can do whatever they want with it, because that's the way these rights work, this character is part of our modern mythology. And comic books right now are being written by people who grew up reading them, which is something that wasn't common years and years ago. Back in the day, comic books like Stan Lee would say that he wrote children's books, and they would say, and people at parties or whatever would say, what kind? And he would say, oh, you know, children's books about heroes. And they would say, what kind? And then he would have to say comics, and they would, like, turn away and leave. It was just a job to these people. Comic books now are being written by fans. Mm -hmm. And these fans are part of the culture that made these comics important in the first place. Just like Kevin Feige now running the uh, cinematic universe of Marvel, he's a guy that loves comics, and yep. he grew up reading them, and, and so he wants them to be they're a property of culture more than they are a property of the people who created them. And so making Captain America a Hydra agent is an interesting arc. Yeah, I, I uh, agree. For, for a character who I think, personally, and again, this is art, it's all subjective. For a character who I think has grown past his original intent. I don't, I mean, there's so much interesting stuff they could do with this that we haven't seen yet. I really don't agree with what I inferred from this guy's post, which is that this is some kind of, um, like, civil liberties wrong, like, because his focus was on, it was created by two Jewish guys, he was created to fight Nazis, and now he's a Nazi, and so this is some step backwards in racial equality or whatever. I don't necessarily see that, like, they have so many ways they can go with this, and also, that Jews sounds... aren't really... Super, I mean, they are still in some circles. Like, there are a lot of white supremacists still. They're not super marginalized anymore. I would say not really anymore, no. Uh, outside of your few groups of crazy people, I don't think anybody hates Jews. I say this as a guy who knew someone who was a Nazi to a couple people who, like, actively hated Jews. Um, but I don't know that there's a whole lot of active harm now. I mean, maybe I'm just ignorant. That's always a possibility. Absolutely. Um, because, like, there, there this is... This is a drunk podcast. There's always a possibility of ignorance. <laughs> there is, like, a statistically provable... Um, racial bias still against African Americans in a lot of circles. Um, like, statistically, even accounting for things like, um... Level of income. Level of... Things like that. Or, uh, no, that's actually where it's going. I was going to say, uh, accounting for things like lower quality of education and yeah. stuff, um, African Americans still tend to get paid 
Wes. Uh, and so, like, you know, there is harm there still. Yeah. In a way that I'm not convinced there is for Jews, Jews anymore. anymore. No. I don't think so either. And I don't think it's something that's until around here. I just, I mean, Nazi, the Nazi movement failed and it's now dead. And there are some people uh, who are living in the past who think that, that they're, th- those opinions still matter and those opinions are still important. Those opinions can still change things they can. That movement is, well, not, I don't know that one specifically. There is a lot of racist movement coming back to life with uh, on the heels of Donald Trump this election cycle. Someone uh, yeah. wrote a blog post about all the Facebook groups, racist-based Facebook groups and stuff that are popping up now um, on and, like, supporting Donald Trump, you know, on his yeah. heels. Well, you also have to remember this, though, too. There is some, um, and I'm not saying that's incorrect at all, but there is some. There are some statistical games being played with the idea of hate groups. Um, like, if you look at the Southern Poverty Law Center, and this is probably content for the other show, but if you look at the Southern Poverty Law Center, um, some of the things they define as hate groups are just like preppers and patriot groups that mm-hmm. are in the Southern United States that aren't necessarily racist or yeah. bigoted, but... They are defined as such by the Southern Poverty Law Center for their own agenda. And uh, that's, I mean, it's just, I mean, they're a political organization. They have their agenda. And so, yeah, those patriot groups, let's just call them hate groups. Let's do that. Okay. And they can do that. And then people who look at those numbers, they think those numbers are meaningful, and they're not. So, you know, these things go back and forth, and, you know, counting stuff is all, Mm -hmm. how you count a thing is all based on the agenda who's counting. Yep. But uh, I can totally see that. Again, I'm not saying that's incorrect at all. Um, I just, I don't know. It's tough because everyone has an agenda they're trying to push. Exactly. And, you know, I... Maybe I'm not as progressive as I like to think I am. I like to think of myself as being pretty progressive, and, like, I'd love to see everyone get along and institutionalized racism disappear and stuff. But I think making a big deal out of things that aren't is more hurtful to the cause than helpful. Well, it's similar to the point that I was making about, you know, uh, yeah. on the other show and in, in the article that I wrote for, for the Tribune about, about, you know, saying that a plastic sign is oppression. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it hurts for people and it helps. And it's, I think that's exactly the case here. And just like with taking these, this character, created by two Jewish guys to fight Nazis. Okay, okay, but Nazis aren't here anymore, at least as a powerful group. Nazis aren't here anymore. Um, these two Jewish guys aren't facing oppression anymore. They're dead. So, and this is a character that belongs to, this is a character that exists as a mythical character to us. This is, again, these are our myths. These are, these are, this is our pantheon. And so the stories we tell about our gods, I mean, they don't, they belong to the culture. They don't belong to the guy who made up the god. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be really, wouldn't it be really interesting if they took this, um, and it sounds from this interview like maybe they won't do this, but it would still be interesting if they took this Captain Rogers being a Hydra agent and gave him some meaningful story arc away from that to show that racism is bad. Well, you know, they're going to. Because, again, just like I said before, you think in a year and a half, two years, you're going to look back and this is going to matter? No. Captain America is not going to be a Hydra Hydra agent in a year and a half, two years. Frankly, probably even closer to a year. This is going to change. Yeah. you got 12 issues of this comic book in a year. This thing's going to be turned around in 12 issues. Maybe 15. So, I mean, 20 at the longest. So, you know, it's... 
You know something to consider, too? Volumes consist of six issues. Yeah. So you're going to release a volume of Captain America. That's six issues. going to end in the middle, generally. That's how arcs work. Generally, arcs are about a year long. So they release Captain America, Steve Rogers, Volume 1, Issues 1 through 6, Volume 2, Issues 6 through 12. That's the end of the arc. Generally. Sometimes it'll go three volumes long. Not all. So, yeah. I, I, I don't... I don't see this as uh, being a big deal. Yeah, me either. I think the more interesting thing is the being mad about him being a libertarian, right? Yeah. Uh, just because, come on, read a comment, dude. <laughs> like, if you're going to bitch about the characterization, like that would be like me bitching about one of the characters in the Constantine TV show and mm-hmm. not knowing the comic existed, which is something that I encountered recently in a YouTube comment thread. <laughs> I was talking about how great the Constantine TV show was and how cool it was that he had appeared on Arrow and all this other stuff, and this person was like, he was nothing like he was in the movie, the Keanu Reeves version is so much cooler, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you, you do realize there's a comic book called Hellblazer, right? And Constantine is the character, right? And they were like, oh shit, I didn't even know about that. I'm just like, really? How do you not know that? I mean, I didn't know that, but... I also tend to stay away from American pop culture. Yeah, I feel that. Oh, speaking of speaking of staying away from American pop culture, finished Black Lagoon. Oh yeah, fucking cool, so good. Uh, I watched Black Lagoon and Black Lagoon: The Second Barrage, which mm-hmm. is the second season. Fucking awesome, I love it. Yeah, so good. And I started watching Cowboy Bebop again because I wanted something that was like Black Lagoon. And so I googled. I was like, "What's like Black Lagoon?" Like, and I was reading through mm-hmm. forums and other stuff. Dude, nothing. Apparently, Black Lagoon is incredibly unique. Huh. So I I I was like, fuck, the closest thing I can think of is Cowboy Bebop. So I started watching Cowboy Bebop again. Cowboy Bebop is good. I like Cowboy Bebop. I love Cowboy Bebop, but that was the apparently the closest thing to Black Lagoon. Um, huh. Just scrolling through stuff. Some people mentioned some other things, but they seemed a little bit not uh, in my wheelhouse. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Alright, so I, I finished that. I'm watching Cowboy Bebop now. I want to get into some other anime. I've really got an anime thing going. Watched a hentai the other day. Yeah? Yeah. Good one or a bad one? Not, a, a... not a bad one! Not a bad one at all. There are a lot of bad ones. There are a few not bad ones. Yeah, well, one of the ones that made the most, like, that's actually mattered as far as pop culture goes and stuff like that is called Virgin Night or First Night, mm-hmm. depending on whatever, like, it's called either one, depending on who's posting it. But um, that one actually matters. I didn't actually watch that one. I watched one that had a very long title, and it was about, like, a reverse China situation where there are, like, fewer men than women. Uh-huh. And this dude lives in a city where he's the only male <laughs> and so the government started issuing um, like free sex passes uh-huh. to males in the society and so it starts on his birthday and he gets his pass in and so this pass has this like it's magical it's a little magical in, in some way where like um, if he says I believe the subs said uh, let me do it uh-huh. <laughs> and it like the, the chick that he's talking to will transform into a form that's easier to copulate with. Okay. So, like, he says it to one chick, and the crotch of her underwear disappears under her skirt. <laughs> he says it to another chick, and she, like, transforms into P.E. clothes. <laughs> So he's like this high school student. He's a little awkward. Uh-huh. So it kind of has a little dash of, of harem in there. Yeah. But the chicks are different. Like, yeah. And so all he has to do is listen to his past and say the words and they're fucking, they have to fuck him. Like by law. <laughs> <laughs> 
it, it was a pretty wild show, but it wasn't terrible. Huh. It really wasn't. I can't remember the title now, but it wasn't that bad. <laughs> there are a lot of weird hentai. Yeah, absolutely. A of lot course, of them are the shitty. normal ones are boring. Yeah. But well, they're they're jerk off materials only. Yeah. Um, but this one was kind of interesting. Like, there's a chick who's jealous because her big sister fucked him. And, like, there's, like, there's a little bit of character in there. And it's kind of interesting. Um, So I watched that. And then uh, I've also been looking, again, I've been looking for something that's like Lapagoon. What have you been watching as far as anime goes? Um, Or any other thing, I suppose. But it's more likely to be anime. Yeah. This season (laughs) I'm watching uh, Kiznaiver, which we talked about at Luz. Uh, It's a a Trigger show. Trigger actually is doing two shows this season. Um, One of them they put their really good producer on and said, go wild. And the other one they put their animation team on and said, go wild. Uh, and so I only picked up one. The other one, the one they put the producer on, is a, it's a short, so it's got a little bit of a different format. And it's supposed to be really good. Um, I'll probably watch it eventually. Um, but so the one I'm watching, Kizniver, is... It takes a little bit of suspensive disbelief. They do some things that are kind of dumb. Um, Space Patrol Lucolo is the other one, or Luluco. Space Patrol Luluco is the other okay. one they're doing this season. Um, yeah, so Kiznaiver, uh, they take, uh, everyone who's living in this city is like part of a social experiment, and so they take these seven people and do some surgery to them so they share all their pain. Okay. And the idea, the motivation behind this experiment is we could end conflict and war and bring about world peace if everyone felt everyone else's pain. And so it starts off... Um, the, the girl who's the face of this company basically um, tells them all about it and they all leave except for one guy. And so she takes that opportunity to strap him into like a medical harness or whatever and then it, the other people find out they're trapped in this abandoned hospital building and she says alright time for self introductions and any time they give a wrong answer they're not deep enough for what she wants or whatever she shocks the guy that stayed behind and they all feel the pain of that um, and just kind of builds on that theme in all the ways you would expect Yeah. Uh, I think um, to start in the first two episodes they only have six characters of the seven in the third episode we meet the seventh character who is a masochist uh, in episode five, um, they break through to the second stage of the program, which they'd never been able to do before, and they actually start sharing emotional pain. Wait a minute. Episode five, the title of which is, I want you to read this. Wahoo! It's a training camp. Let's step in deer poop and have pillow fights. Go, go! My favorite title is episode two. If you can swallow a bizarre situation like this so easily, two buckets of barium shouldn't be a problem. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, so this show that has Fallout Boy song title style episode titles. Yep. <laughs> it's great. I love Trigger. It, um, oh, Trigger is so good. Uh, apparently, it's not based on a manga. No, there's a tie-in manga. It, yeah, it's an anime original. Okay, that's cool. Uh, I mean, all of Trigger's best shows are anime originals. Um, I think Space Patrol Luluco is an anime original, but I'm not sure. Uh, Luluco is a 13-year-old girl who lives in a solar system frontier space colonization zone, Ujukubo. Together with her father, 
father, who works for the respective space, space patrol, despite being a part of this wondrous district full of alien immigrants who are accepted into the system 20 years prior to the story, Lelucal manages to live the life of normal schoolgirl. School However, when her father is accidentally frozen, Lelucal is given no other choice but to bring him to his workplace, where she is appointed to become a member of the space patrol by the head of the vision over justice. To be able to pay the fees of reviving her father from then on, Lelucal's previously normal life faces a drastic change. As he is sent on a daily mission to protect blah 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 from space criminals together with her assigned partner, new classmate, uh, A Omega Nova. It's actually Alpha Omega Nova. Oh, okay. Alpha Omega Nova, as well as their mutual classmate, Midori. Okay, seems interesting. Yeah. But yeah, all of Trigger's best shows are anime originals. Kill la Kill, um, 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 Gurren Lagann, uh, I can't remember if Trigger did Inferno Cop, but they did, um... These are both originals, because the manga of this is an adaption. Manga. Manga. Yeah, sorry. is an adaption. What was there one two seasons ago? Oh, Ninja Slayer from Animation. It was fucking fantastic. Oh this my one? god. Ninja Slayer from Animation. It was an anime original. Um, it was kind of uh, uh, Inferno Cop-esque. Wow, titties. Oh, did that, that actually did have a, uh, a novel series it was based off of. I could have sworn Ninja Slayer was an anime original, but I guess not. Adaptation, yeah. It is. It is an original. Uh, the manga is an adaption. The manga is an adaption of the light novels, and the anime is also an adaption of the light novels. Really? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, anime is weird, because there's anime, which is frequently based off manga, but occasionally based off light novels, and occasionally manga is based off light novels, and occasionally the anime is based off the manga, which is based off the light novels. <laughs> it's all a little... Well, it's all very much like comic books, really. And comic book movies and comic book TV shows and yeah. all that. Like, it's... We're used to that kind of thing in the U.S. When supernatural batters, battles became commonplace. I haven't seen that one. I need to. It's supposed to be really good. Um, Little I Witch... I really enjoyed Kill a Kill. Little Witch Academia. Oh, Trigger did do Inferno Cop. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. Because Ninja Slayer is a lot like Inferno Cop. Um... God, Trigger is just so good. Yeah, they did. I didn't know they did the opening animation for season two of Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite. I haven't seen Black Dynamite. It's a it's a TV series that's just it's funny. But yeah, I'm watching uh, Kisnaver. I'm not watching Space Patrol Luluco. I'm watching um, Flying Witch, which uh, is by J Staff, I think. No, they're producing it. It's by someone else. Anyways, this studio has been around a long time, and it's the spiritual successor to an older anime. And it's just about a witch who uh, uh, goes to live off in the country to finish high school. Uh, she turns 15, and at 15, witches are supposed to be independent and self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. But her apparently being a witch isn't uh, a really stable career anymore, and her parents want her to finish high school. So they send her to live with uh, relatives. Um, and so, <laughs> first episode is fantastic. She shows up, and she's got her little cat with her, and her little cousin is incredibly suspicious the whole time. And so they're kind of setting it up like, oh, it's going to have to be a secret. She's not going to be able to tell anyone. <laughs> kind of tropey bullshit. But I think at the very end of episode one, they're out at the, uh, the supermarket, and they go out to, to buy brooms. Uh, a main character, whose name I forget, she's like, I need, oh, here they are. I need to buy a broom. And so she's like looking at brooms, and she picks one out, and she just sits on it and rides it around a little bit. <laughs> 
and lands, and it's just like everything is fine. This is completely normal. And her little cousin just has the best face, just like complete shock, eyes glazed over kind of look. <laughs> And they played that joke uh, once more, either at the very end of that episode or like the very beginning of season two uh, with another character. But then it's just kind of like the shock of these characters living in a normal world meeting witches. But it's very comfy. It's very slow paced. Yeah. Um, like it, it, it just kind of, well, no, that's not fair to say. It's not slow paced. Stuff happens. Um, but they just spend like 10 or 15 seconds on shots of her kind of just flying her broom through the air very peacefully. It's very peaceful, I think, is yeah. what I was looking for. Very calm. And I really love that because then all the joke delivery is just completely deadpan and you have to really watch for it. <laughs> okay, um, I can see that. It, it's kind of clever. It, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, so I'm watching that. I'm watching Moyaga, uh, which, or, which I can't exactly say right. M-O-Y-I-A-G-A. Or... Moyaga? Moyaga? No, it's not that. It's not my... It's weird. Um, just... Yeah, that's not quite the right... Um, Maybe the law correct. Spelling. Uh, Alright, go to uh, anylist.co. This is... If if you want to track me on the anime I watch, listeners, anylist.co. Uh, I'm Shadowhawk54. Uh, search The Lost Village. Mayoiga. Mayoiga. M-A-Y-O-I-G-A. Yeah. And so it's, um, it's a, a thing. They took 30 people from the internet who hated their general lives and wanted to start a new utopian society out in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And so it's 30 neats who are just fucking crazy. Like, all of them are fucking crazy. And they just go off to live life and try and build the village and there's a there's a weird supernatural element to it which I'm not thrilled with um but the characters are hilarious like they're all as batshit insane as someone would have to be to just up and leave their normal lives and go start a utopian society in the middle of nowhere that um, sounds good all right so is that all you're watching the last one I'm watching is less interesting Sancha Sanyo three leaves three colors um and it's just a slice of life. It's about a rich girl, or a girl, who grew up incredibly wealthy. Her father owned a company, and then his company went bankrupt, and he lost everything, and now she's living by herself, On and she's incredibly poor. For lunch every day, she eats bread crusts. Okay. Um, and it's about her trying to make friends. Um, she's a poor girl, but she has all the mannerisms of a rich girl. And so there's a little bit of a comedy element. Like in episode one or two, they ask her what her favorite food is. And she's just freaking out, trying to think, oh, what's what's a, a favorite food of a common person or whatever? And so she gives an answer, and her little friend goes, uh, that doesn't go well with rice. And so she goes, oh, normal people like food that goes well with rice. And so she tries to think of a food that goes well with rice, and she says something else really weird and they kind of hound her about it a little bit yeah. they're, they're kind of picking on her like they know and they don't care and so finally she just says mayonnaise because that's what she puts on her bread crusts and they go well at least that's honest <laughs> like, okay I, I tend not to like slice of life stuff um i tend to find it slow yeah and i, I prefer and I'm, as you know i tend to prefer action stuff i tend to prefer uh 
more f- faster pacing, um, stuff like that. Not because I get disinterested, but because I I don't like wasting time. I just want the story to continue. Yeah. So to me, stuff will feel like wasted time, and I think it's a I think it's probably a cultural thing, like where you can have an anime that has like you know yeah a minute of just a chick riding around on a broom, all cool. <coughs> where I'm just like, but the plot, but advance the plot, please. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's kind of Honestly, I felt the same way about Arrow this season. Huh. Uh, Arrow just ended, and there was so much filler, so much bullshit. It really should have been seven less, ep- seven fewer episodes. Oh wow! This season, yeah, like between five and seven episodes, they could have just straight fucking axed and told the story. They probably could have told this story in a, in a HBO style ten episode season hmm. because it was so much bullshit, dude. Twenty three episodes was way too much for this season. Huh. Yeah, I really like the the filler and the kind of if it's good filler, if it's like character building filler. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. My uh, and you're right, that really isn't common in uh, American entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah. But my favorite film, American Western, I guess, uh, film, is uh, My Dinner with Andre. It's mm-hmm. fucking no one is yes, heard of. Yes, I fucking love that movie. It's so good. But it's all, here's the thing, it's it's a conversation. The whole movie's a conversation. Yeah. Which I can dig, um, because I like conversations. Uh-huh. Like, it's, oh, dude, Dinner with Andre, I didn't know you liked that movie. It's my favorite movie. It's, it's so, so fucking good. good. I actually just uh, downloaded it again so I can watch it. I want to watch it tonight now. I want to watch it now. Oh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but it's so good. But it's just good actors having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And that I'm okay with. Yeah. Um, Because, frankly, because that's the movie. But if you took My Dinner with Andre and stuck it in the middle of... I don't know, Civil War, uh-huh. or whatever. Yeah. I, then I'm just like, come the fuck on, we have a plot going. Tony Stark and Steve Rogers just sit down and just kind of talk about their lives for an hour. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. If that was a movie, I'd watch it, but you're right, that doesn't have any place, like, in the middle of Civil War. Yeah, exactly, which is why I tend not to like, um, I know I, I, I'm nostalgic about Dragon Ball Z, uh-huh. but to me, Dragon Ball Z, there's a lot of laziness in it, where it's like, oh yeah, he's gonna be powering the spirit bomb for this entire episode. Well, I mean... Okay, I also don't like Dragon Ball Z, but so let me, prompt, pr- let me promptly yeah. defend it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the original series, at that part, mm-hmm. actually caught up to the manga. Yeah, and so they had to start doing a lot of filler so that the manga could come out, and they would have, they would be able to at least be concurrent with the source material. Yeah, which was, of course, a problem. It also wasn't serious. Yeah, that's true. Like, it was kind of just making fun of um, that genre. Genre. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, there's also, like, in Black Lagoon, there's one arc that takes about four episodes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, no. Black Lagoon has given me one or two episode arcs the entire time. And now at episode eight, you're going to give me a four episode arc? Three episode arc? Fuck you. This is taking too long. This this should have been done already. And while I like the characters that are in it, which is really what kept me there, is I really love those characters in that show. Um, if it were any other thing, if the characters were less interesting, mm-hmm. I would have quit watching it. Yeah. I would have just been like, God, no. Are you are you tired? Are you sick? What's what's going on that's made you stop telling the story? Yeah. Like, uh, Moega this season doesn't really have any 
per episode story. Like yeah. each episode is just telling the larger story of the the season. Mm-hmm. Um, little or not Little Witch. I keep trying to call it Little Witch. I get uh, I get Flying Witch and Little Witch Academia mixed, mixed up. up. Um, Flying Witch. Uh, actually, there doesn't seem to be a season long story other than the setup. Like she just moved to the country. It's all single episode contained arcs. So it's kind of like a fantasy slice of life a little bit, or not really. I mean, it happens in modern day Japan. Okay, that makes sense. I just, I don't know. And I think it is a difference between the Western and Eastern. Just because, if you ever watch Ghost in the Shell, the original anime feature, if you watch Ghost in the Shell, there's a bit that would be a title sequence mm-hmm. in a Western film that's just a sequence in it. And it's right near the beginning, and it's just showing stills and partially animated stills and matte paintings of the world that they're in. Like, it'll just have a canal and a boat, and it's just there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's it, this whole sequence takes like three months. Um, it's very slow. I can take that in a feature, and I don't know why. Huh. I don't know why I can take that in a feature. Because, I guess it's because I see a feature film as a self- um, contained piece of art uh-huh. and so every piece of it is it adds to the whole and and I appreciate all of it but there's something about series that I'm just like don't waste time give me the plot give me the plot uh, mm. and it, that's just I don't know that's something I've noticed about myself is that I can I can I'm a lot more patient when I'm watching a feature than when I'm watching a series that's interesting and I don't know why well with that should we wrap up we've gone we a little should longer. we should wrap up we have been a little bit long uh, alright we're starting the longest outro ever who are you I'm Ryan find me on Elo, Elo.co slash Cheddarhawk54. Mm. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Snap, Snapchat. 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 I like the Snapchat. <laughs> at Shadowhawk54. <laughs> and I am Dino. You can find me on uh, Google Plus Twitter at Dean Wisner, also on Elo as Dean Wisner. D A N W S C N E R. If you don't understand those letters, fucking slow it down or something. I don't know. Uh, rewind it to you understand. Listen to this podcast at point eight speed. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, this, uh, that's... Oh, I, I actually should upload an episode like that one of these days. I'm not going to do that. It'd be terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find uh, me there. Uh, you should donate to DinoNet Podcasts. You should. You you absolutely should. You can find that donate link at dean-o.net uh, or to donate to... Th- that's just complete to donate to this show, yes. go to patreon.com slash drinkyfiles. Slash drinkyfiles. There you go. Uh, thank you for picking up on my, on my shit fucking... Blah, blah. You get some kind of superficial perks for donating, and if very we, superficial perks. If we ever have anyone actually donate, um, I'll set up a Slack and and add you to the Slack. Yeah, That's, we can I do mean, that as well. That'd be fun. I haven't done it yet because I don't need to yet. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, so yeah, donate to the show. Pretty fucking please. Um, I had to buy things to do this show. <laughs> we, we just had to buy Saint Germain, which is fucking weird. I didn't have any Maker's Mark either. Oh, we had to buy Maker's Mark. I had Mark to buy too. Maker's Mark and Saint Germain. Uh. So yeah, and club soda actually. I don't have most of this drink. Jeez, I'm I, sorry, bro. I only had bitters. No, it's all good. I already had the bitters, and frankly, nothing wrong with having a bottle of Maker's Mark. Um, the only thing I don't know what the fuck to do with is that Saint Germain, dude. Like, what else do you do with that? I have no idea. I'll figure something out. I I see a, a Google search. Yeah, in your future. exactly. Well, uh, there's an app called Mixology that I use. Oh, nice. Where you can plug in just one ingredient that uh-huh. you have, and it'll give you a list of cocktails that can be made with that ingredient. That sounds super handy. It is very handy, especially for someone like me. 
who has a bunch of just like shit random liquors laying around um, that aren't even liquor. There's just like mixers. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Well, thank you all for listening. And uh, they're Shadowhawk54, Cheddarhawk54. Yep. Pretty I much am. everywhere. Pretty much everywhere. Um, I'm Dean Wisner. Pretty much everywhere. Fuck Facebook. Don't find out. Baby. I'm not going to like you on Facebook. We're not going to be friends on Facebook. Fuck, fuck Facebook. Uh, oh, YouTube. Uh, we're yeah. uploading stuff to YouTube now. So um, check us out on YouTube. Yes, you can check see us out our on beautiful faces. You can we as record. we talk. Ah! <laughs> you can do that now. Um, and I think that's it. Donate. I'm, I'm pretty sure if you check us out on YouTube, you can like kind of just in the corner of your screen see what's on the monitor. As yeah, you can right here. Yeah. I thought I thought you were gonna say I left a butt plug out. I was like, fuck. Um, I thought you could just in the corner of the screen see my butt plugs. Um, I mean, I wasn't really looking around this time. No, I've kind like of... you can see them. They're all lined up there. Yep. And then the last one's inflatable. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's an impressive collection. I think so, too. Uh, some of them plastic, some of them silver. I'm a fan of that gold one there. Yeah. With the jewel in the bottom of it. Yeah. I like that. That that looks... It looks... I never clean them. It, that's why it looks. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't going to out you to our listeners. <laughs> oh, so I, I'm not gay. I just enjoy a nice butt plug collection. I mean, don't we all? I said I don't clean them. It doesn't mean they're covered in shit. It's just dust. They're just dusty. They're brand new. I never used them. What the fuck do you think? What are you thinking? Wait, you don't use your butt plug collection? I have one in my room that I use regularly, but it's not part of their collection. Oh, see, I have a site where I review them. <laughs> What's your butt plug review site? buttplugreviews.wordpress.tumblr.co.uk <laughs> .co.uk Okay. Um, fucking buttplug reviews. Um, oh, when it finally comes out, I should buy buttplugs, buttplugreviews.lol. .lol? Um, is there any news on .lol? Not that I've heard. Damn it. Google, you have all these different top-level domains. .lol is not a problem. Make it happen. Make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is it for this show. I have been Dino. I have been Ryan. And we will see you next time. Bye. Dino Ned is a podcast network that brings you the listener donation-supported podcast. These shows are supported exclusively by their creator and their listeners. There are no ads on this network. That means the podcast you listen to is the product, not you. And remember, Dino Net is always looking for great shows to join in our movement. If you've got a podcast or you want to start a podcast and you feel like you would fit well with our family, come on, send us an email at deanwnet at gmail.com. Come on, come on, come on.